Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jacked Podcast. And this, this thing that we're doing here today, tonight we are airing the very first episode of On Today's Episode. This is going to be a part of the podcast, a recurring part of the podcast that happens during major shows that we're watching. And right now that particular show is WandaVision. And we started this because on the Friday show where I was, I was delving into WandaVision on a deep dive basis, I, I was feeling like it was taking up a large part of the show that maybe it shouldn't have. I was having to give spoiler warnings for the episodes just in case people hadn't seen them. And so in that way, dividing the audience, I, I'd like to divide the audience a different way. And so on this show, as episodes come out, I will be able to dissect them, discuss them, theorize, make conjecture and, and, and guesses about the things that are going on without hesitation. And I will be able to do so in a way that you receive this information, my insight, <laughs> I guess if you can call it that, I'm, I'm a Marvel amateur as well. But I am an aficionado, so I, I do want to talk about these things without having to worry about, I don't know, trudging through other news or whatever feature that I have on the podcast. And so uh, we're going to be giving these, these kinds of episodes air when there is a show that most likely we are watching and enjoying, but maybe something that we don't particularly care for, but are watching to keep our finger on the pulse and stay in that zeitgeist to, I guess, better relate with you and what people are talking about on the internet. And so in this flagship episode, in this uh, <laughs> maiden voyage of on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the fifth episode of WandaVision. I love this show so much. And I don't know if I love this show because we have just had such an incredible drought of Marvel for the last year. I mean, Spider-Man Far From Home was our last real uh, foray into anything Marvel. And so this is, this is so good. It's so weird and mind-bending. And this is a wonderful place to get us back into that Marvel mindset because it lends itself so well to that wanton... Uh, conjecture and those crazy theories that people, especially on the internet, to include Culture Jack, likes to do. And so this episode, uh, episode number five, was called on a very special episode. <laughs> oh yeah. And before we get started on this episode, I just want to tell you that this is going to be filled with spoilers from the episode that that we're referencing here today. So if you do not want to be spoiled, go watch the show first and then come back when you're when you're done with it to hear kind of my dissection on the show. And it's unfortunate that uh, we had to come up with a name for this segment of our podcast and we landed on on today's episode because, well, WandaVision is also a very self-referential thing and... Regardless, their naming does not get in the way of our naming. So on a very special episode, I, now I've watched this particular episode three times now. 
I watched episode number four twice, but this one I watched three times. I watched it twice because I wanted to catch everything, and I watched it a third time. Well, I kind of listed out the bullets that I wanted to talk about on on this show, on this podcast. And so uh, it starts with the opening credits for the WandaVision show. And again, they've jumped forward in time. And I think they're in the maybe in the 80s now. Shoot, maybe they're further than that. They're in the 80s or the 90s because there's references to email within the episode. But the opening credits, there's a bunch of flashes of pictures of... Oh, no, it doesn't even start with the opening credits. It starts with Wanda and Vision being very, very sleep-deprived as they're trying to put these uh, children to bed. And they they just they can't get them to sleep. And so they're rocking them back and forth. Did that happen before the intro? Gosh, I maybe I need to watch it a fourth time. I'm just going to talk about the opening credits because they're not the important part. But the opening credits have a bunch of old pictures of Wanda when she's back in Sokovia also has pictures of vision as a baby. (laughs) You've got baby vision, toddler vision, college aged vision going to school. It's, it's very funny. Uh, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that baby vision becomes a popular meme on the internet. If he isn't already, because he's absolutely adorable. And I hope that after Wanda gets done rewriting reality as we know it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that baby vision can become canon. And heck, you know, everybody hates Chris is a sitcom. Why not something with a young a young vision, I think would be amazing as well. So the credits roll, and maybe this happened before the credits. Again, I'm not sure, but that's not important. None of it's important. They're trying to get their kids to sleep. And uh, I remember when I tried to get my kids to sleep when they were babies. Oh my gosh. I do not envy Wanda and Vision. Fortunately, they don't have to put up with it for, for too very long at all. And Vision, one of the things he does to try and get uh, Billy to sleep uh, is he read Charles Darwin, The Descent of Man, and he said that just made him more upset. But they can't get the twins to sleep, and Wanda tries to put them to bed with her magic. Now, the thing about her magic is it affects most things in the world. She can materialize and dematerialize and rearrange, and like we saw in previous episodes, blast Monica Rambos out of buildings. But there are some things that her magics don't affect, and I don't know if this is an important point or not, but there was the stork in the other episode that she tried to get to go away before she had the babies. Uh, The twins, she tried to get them to go to sleep in this episode, and... It's either in in an earlier episode or later on in this episode, Vision, she cannot seem to use her magic on. Or maybe she does not want to use her magic on Vision. I can't be sure. Um, But (laughs) they're trying to get the kids to, to sleep and Agnes comes in. Now, Agnes, we have strongly theorized, is an Agatha Harkness type person. If she is or if she isn't, she definitely has something more to do than the rest of the townspeople. Of that, I am now 100% positive. Because of the scene that happens, she comes in and she says, Hey, do you want me to take care of the kids? And Vision's like, Yeah, well, you know, you got to watch out for their belly buttons. You got to hold their heads. When's the last time you washed your hands? No, you, you know what? We better not. We better not have you do it. And Agnes breaks character. 
and she she looks at Wanda and she says, "So, you know, should we do the scene again? Should we should we just take it from the top?" And Wanda's like, "What are you What are you talking about?" And Vision Vision's like, um, "What What What are you What's going on here? I don't understand this." And so Wanda like, I didn't notice this on the first watch through, but on the second watch through, you'll watch, and you'll see that Wanda kind of gives Agnes a couple of taps with her hand like hey bitch get in character what the fuck are you doing you're messing up my whole you're messing up my whole scam here and then Agnes laughs and she gets back into character and she goes yeah I'm going to take care of the kids and then Vision's like hey Wanda can I talk to you did you notice that did you see what was going on there and Wanda's like I don't know Agnes is crazy she's got a crazy libido and then meanwhile Agnes is searching through the liquor cabinet trying to get some brown liquor to put put on the kids gums or something get them to go to sleep the boys stop crying as Vision is interrogating Wanda and this causes them both to pause and they go over to the cribs and the boys are gone and then they hear Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad, or something along those lines. They turn around, and these boys that were just babies are now four or five years old. They're like little kids now. And holy cow. What's I think Jimmy Woo makes a comment later in the episode. He's like, uh, the, the because they age up again at one point to like a, a nine or ten-year-old, they go, he says something like, uh, by this time, by this this time on Friday, they're going to be empty nesters or something along those lines. So anyway, we get done with those guys there. Vision suspicion for now is allayed and we go back outside of the barrier to sword and the whole sword gang is here. Monica has been ejected and she's getting tested. But one thing that's going on is the doctor or the nurse says that she's got to get her blood work done again and that none of her scans are working. They're all just like bright white blank scans. So a lot of people on the internet are saying that this is an example of Monica Rambeau's powers. In the comics, she is a superhero named Photon who shoots out blasts. I believe she can fly. And so did going inside the barrier and becoming Geraldine and interacting with Wanda somehow activate her powers or did she have powers the whole time and that's maybe why maria rambo told the new director of sword uh, the hayward guy that monica wasn't allowed if she ever came back to go off on missions anymore because she was afraid of maybe her powers being exposed i don't know but either way monica rambo refuses to have more tests taken of her and so they have a, a big briefing where Darcy tells Monica, she says, hey, pants are required at the meeting, the big meeting. Uh, Jimmy Woo's kind of giving the background information on Wanda. And every time he says something, Director Hayward comes forward and says, yeah, you know, Wanda's a terrorist or she aligned herself with Hydra. And Jimmy Woo's like, well, that's a little bit of a simplification. And Hayward continues to paint her as a terrorist. And Jimmy Woo, when he's done with his presentation, goes over to Darcy and he says, I don't like to speak badly of people. And Darcy's like, yeah, but he's a he's a dick. And then right before she says it, they say Wanda's a terrorist or something like that to interrupt her. You know, classic Marvel, Marvel fashion. But uh, they're not convinced 
that Wanda's actually the bad guy. Even uh, Monica, she's not convinced even after they show her footage of her being manipulated and reading her the report saying how painful it was and how traumatizing it was to be trapped by Wanda in her own mind. And then they say, no, she really is up to no good. And she, they show her and they show the whole gang that nine days previous to the events in Westview, Wanda had infiltrated S.W.O.R.D. headquarters and had taken Vision's body from S.W.O.R.D. headquarters. And so that's why we saw the reanimated Vision in the last episode with his, with his head smashed in. But they said that that was a clear violation of the Sokovia Accords. So to Marvel fans, if you remember back in Civil War, that was the big, big turning point. Because after the events of Age of Ultron, the Sokovia Accords were signed to make sure that superheroes and superpowered people were under the, I guess, supervision of a national government and kind of kind of matching that up with the comic books where they were talking about uh, masks, unmasked, identities, registration, that sort of thing. But it was also against Vision's living will to be turned into a weapon of some kind. And so they're saying, well, and this is what this is what Wanda's doing. She's turning Vision into a weapon by reanimating him somehow. Uh, do, do, do. So then we go back into Westview and Tommy and Billy, these adorable four or five year olds are are talking about that we've got to get him clean before before we show him to mom so she'll let us keep him. And then they they stand at attention, blocking the sink that they're washing this dog in. When Wanda comes in, she's like, what are you guys doing, you crazy kids? And they, they show her that they got this dog and they want to let, it, let, her, um, let them keep the dog. And Vision comes in. He's like, this dog, where'd this dog come from? And uh, what else happened? Where'd the dog come from? Oh, and then they they say, you can't have a dog until you're 10. And the boys look at each other and Wanda and, and Vision in old sitcom fashion kind of go, don't you do it. Don't you age up again. And then sure enough, they look at each other and they turn into 10-year-old boys. And so I guess that's when they get the dog. Uh, we go back outside of the barrier. I'm. This is the great thing about this show. And I was talking to uh, Anthony about this show and how it was kind of kind of slow starting the first couple episodes especially I mean if those old timey sitcoms aren't your thing and just about the time that we were all getting a little antsy for there to be some more Marvel in this Marvel show episode 3 dropped and really kind of kicked it up to that next level with the the colorization oh no it was colored in that episode with the removal of Monica Rambeau and things heating up that way so they really timed it out. They timed it out well, but now they are drawing a good combination of inside the barrier versus outside the barrier. And eventually, most likely, it feels like they will head to, you know, a completely, well, this is the real world. There is no more, there is no more set, sitcom. So the sword gang, Darcy and Jimmy and Monica are all outside talking about how to solve this thing. And Monica says that she knows an aerospace engineer that could help them. Now, this seems like it is ripe 
for a wonderful cameo, whether it is a, uh, a cameo of someone we will see in a future Marvel show. I was looking on the internet after this episode, and I saw a bunch of people kind of theorizing that it could maybe be Reed Richards, you know, Mr. Fantastic from Fantastic Four, or Riri Williams, the young, young girl who takes over the Iron Man mantle at some point. Uh, or even a person like Dr. Doom could be introduced in this way. Now, most likely, it's going to be someone someone boring that I don't care about, like Dr. Selvig. And maybe that's just me being a pessimist. Maybe we should be hopeful that it's going to be a Reed Richards or someone else that I think rightly expands the universe of the MCU. I hope it's not Dr. Selvig. And... All of this, I'm sure they're not going to do it, but my pessimistic side, which is the truest part of myself, because if you're a pessimist and you expect the worst, everything after that is going to be better than what your expectation was. But I think we should, and I, I guess this is advice more to myself than it is to you, but I think we should give ourselves the opportunity to be excited for a big name drop for a big cameo for some big universe defining moment in this podcast as they're talking Darcy names the barrier that Westview is in a hex for its hexagonal shape now this is important because in the comic books Wanda Maximoff Scarlet Witch's powers are called hex powers where she manipulates reality. And so this could be the beginning of her powers finally getting some more definitive shape and name and qualities associated with them than the, the kind of amorphous vague descriptions that they've been given in the MCU thus far. As they were going through the, the briefing, I forgot to mention, Hayward kept pressing Jimmy on the fact that she doesn't have some nickname, some alias, some superhero name like all the rest of these guys. And Jimmy was like, no, it's just, you know, it's just Wanda Maximoff. So at some point during this series, we are going to be introduced to the Scarlet Witch proper. And oh my gosh, I cannot, I cannot wait for that to happen. Uh, so they also are asking outside the barrier in, in Sword HQ, or I guess it's not HQ. HQ is where she went for the body. This is like a sword remote station or something. Like, who are these twins? Who are Billy and Tommy? We cannot find record of them. Uh, they were they were also talking about the fight with Thanos. And I think it was Jimmy that said, oh, oh, you know, well, Captain Marvel could give Thanos a run for mon her, his money. Or he did give him a run for his money. And... Monica was like, uh, we don't want to talk about her or we don't want to say that name or, or something along those lines in a very obvious, almost maybe out of place <laughs> aggression against that character. So does that mean that Monica Rambeau has beef with Captain Marvel and online there's speculation, too, because apparently some other characters after the blip in Far From Home also had some, I guess, somewhat negative reactions to the mention of Captain Marvel. And so does that mean that Captain Marvel did some stuff that people are pissed about? 
And obviously, we've got a five-year span in between Infinity War and Endgame that can define all of this. And Monica will, I'm sure, be a larger player headed out of this series into future movies and future television shows, or at least, at least I hope. So they find out that Wanda is, she's distorting and she's rewriting reality. She's not necessarily creating things because the people are under her control and the, the jump rope that they sent in or not the jump, the, the beekeeper guy they sent in that had the, the cord that turned into the jump rope, the drone that turned into a toy helicopter. She's just changing things as evidenced by an examination of Monica's clothes after she came out of the barrier because she was wearing a Kevlar vest and then they shot the gun at her pants. And sure enough, it, it uh, deflected those bullets off of her pants. And so now we're like, okay, she she changed the Kevlar vest into the outfit that Monica Rambeau was wearing. So then they're, they're kind of figuring out um, her powers. And then they also come to the conclusion that maybe time appropriate to the time period that the sitcom is taking place currently, time appropriate things, people, thoughts, actions, can maybe go into the barrier without being distorted by Monica as is kind of like an undercover undercover thing then we go back into the barrier where vision he's back at work and his work is uh got computers now and so you know they've moved forward in time and vision's setting them up and his co-worker norm is telling him what a great job he's doing and how he's such a he doesn't know he's just got a connection with computers or something so haha we all laugh again and vision goes to help him figure out email and they set up the email they open it up and there's a message from sword in there outlining that they need to figure out what this Maximoff anomaly is. And Vision's like, whoa, what the heck is this? All his coworkers read it out loud and they're acting like it's a joke. And they say, Vision, you should email them back because you're the office funny guy, you know. And he goes over to Norm after he touches the computer and the data is erased from the computer. He touches Norm's temples and Norm snaps out of it and he goes oh my gosh please you have to help me where is my phone I need to call my family help me it hurts so bad I'm trapped I can't get her out of my head I can't get her out of my head and Vision's like oh man and he he touches the dude's temples again and then Norm goes back to the funny sitcom loving Norm that he was before and he's like so let me get this straight if it's an email where am I supposed to put the stamp and Vision is visibly shook by all this. But that answers a, a question that I had in one of my previous discussions about WandaVision. You know, were all the people in the town in on the joke? Were they all acting or were they being controlled? I mean, or were they fake? And so now we know that they're real people based on last episode where they were identifying them all. But now we know that they're not just acting they are being controlled. A lot of people online are saying that Norm never specifically said Wanda is in my head. He just said she's in my head. I can't, I can't, I'm not in control. It's so painful, which was a horrifying moment in the show. Like I was like, oh my God, 
this is terrifying. But they never specifically said Wanda. But Monica, when she talked about her experience, did say that Wanda was in her head. So a lot of people were theorizing that maybe it wasn't Wanda controlling these people, but someone else because Norm didn't specifically say Wanda, but Monica did. So we're pretty sure that it's Wanda at this point. Let's see what else comes through here. Uh, we go. We cut back to Wanda, who's um, she? What What does she do? She's taking her son, talking to her sons about vision, and um, and then them, and you know how sometimes you know mom and dad don't agree or see everything eye to eye, and it's just like you know you Billy and you Tommy where. You, you may be upset at the other one because they didn't let you play with their toys, but he's the only brother you're ever going to ever going to have. Um, and then uh, uh, the drone comes in like the sword folks. They found old enough technology to pilot a drone in through the barrier, which Sparky, he barks at and he gets their attention and he goes to the door and they all go to the door and the drone comes in. And this is another another part of the I'm so excited. I, I I'm not speaking clearly because I just watched it again and it just it's got my jimmies all rustled, to be frank with you. So they go to the door and the drone is there and Monica's in control of the drone and she's like, Wanda, can you hear me? Wanda this is Monica, Captain Monica Rambeau, and, and she's she's talking to her. She loses connection, and she's like, Patch, reconnect me, and Hayward, he's standing right there next to her in the control room, and he's like, no, don't do it. He looks at the other guy. He's like, take the shot. They've wired this drone up with armaments of some kind, whether it be a missile or a gun. I think they say it's a missile later, and they go to shoot Wanda. The camera cuts out. And they get the same alarms blaring again that someone has breached the barrier. They all get their guns ready. They got these cool green lasers on them. A wonderful effect for what's about to happen. Wanda comes out. She's dragging the drone with her. She throws it at their feet. She's like, is this yours, punk ass? What you doing? And they're like, Wanda, you're holding these people hostage. It's not right what you're doing. And she's like, you got the guns. Oh, and she's got her accent back. She's like, stay out of this town or, you know, whatever Sokovia, <laughs> Sokovian accent sounds like. But she's got the accent back, which I'm still not sure about because she's been losing it for a few movies now. And so whether that's intentional, I'll give you one of my theories here at the end, which I don't know if I've seen this theory online or not. But she's got the accent back. She throws the drone and they're like, you're holding hostage. She's like, you got the guns. And they're like, but you're a telepath that is manipulating these people. And then Monica says, Wanda, I'm your ally. I didn't know there was a gun on that. I helped give uh, you give birth to your children. Please, I'm an ally. I can help you. And Wanda's like, what could you possibly do for me? And then Hayward, uh, Monica, she glows up her hands. All of, the, all of the guards, their eyes glow, and she whips all those guns right onto Hayward. And he's like, whoa, stand down, stand down, stand down. And she's like, consider this your only warning. Leave me alone. And she marches back to the barrier. And this is a, this is a big threat because she doesn't kill anybody. She doesn't hurt anybody. 
but this is the part of the episode, the part of the series where I feel like if they wanted to make Wanda the villain, they could. I know in some ways they're trying to make Hayward kind of a villain, kind of a bad guy. And he is. He's kind of a kind of a dick, but I could see it. I could see Wanda being the the villain on this. And so she marches back to the barrier. She turns the whole thing red before she walks back into it. And all of the guards, when it turns red, their eyes stop glowing and they drop their drop their guns. I don't know. Is the red barrier maybe more protective? Is she like, okay, this thing needs reinforced? Or she's like, I'm doubling down. Everyone gets <laughs> everyone gets double mind control now. She goes back in. We're back in the show. Whew. Everyone calm down. <laughs> everyone kind of settle down, I suppose. The, uh, the commercial for this episode is Lagos brand paper towels. And it's, it's funny because it says, when you, when you make a mess, you need something to clean it up. And so Lagos is famously the location in Civil War where Wanda, in her attempts to stop, who was it? Was it Crossbones? Yeah. To stop Crossbones from suiciding himself with that detonated vest in the middle of all those people and at Captain America. She caught him with her powers, flew him up to a high rise, and he exploded through a whole floor of the building, killing several people. And so it was big news. They were like, oh, my gosh, this tragedy in Lagos. And so all of these commercials have been referencing traumatic experiences that Wanda's had in her life. And Lagos is, you know, Lagos is just one of them. So we may yet see commercials for um, stuff like Sokovia, where Ultron was in control. Uh, we may see stuff uh, for commercials for perhaps Germany, where the airport battle took place in civil in civil war. I don't know. I don't know what other commercials there could be, but I think it's wonderful that they are developing this character in such a way, and they have been for a long time. That's it shows the prescience of mind that it takes for them to plan so far ahead for something like this or was she just a miraculous scapegoat to be the goof up in all these movies happenstance coincidence and then they're like okay yeah we'll use that because we have it already so we go back inside the barrier after the the Lagos brand commercial Sparky is dead he got into Agnes's azalea bushes is it is Azalea poisonous to dogs? I mean, it must be. Surely they would have researched something like that before they put it in the thing. But Sparky, I I learned in my research, in the comics, is actually Vision's dog. And I think he was created by Vision in Vision's run where he made his own family. He constructed a family of his own, and maybe he constructed this dog as well. But Sparky died. And so Wanda is trying to teach the boys about death because they're distraught about this. They're very upset and they they look at each other and she's like, no, don't you do it. Don't you age yourself up again. You can't. What did she say? You can't you can't just age yourself up because it's convenient every time that there's a trouble. And one of the boys, I can't remember if it's Tommy or if it's Billy, says, 
You can do anything, Mom. Bring back the dead. You said family is forever. Bring back Sparky. And she's like, you can't do that. You, you know, life is precious and you shouldn't be toying with these things, which is rather ironic seeing as how she has kidnapped the body of her dead boyfriend and reanimated it and captured a whole town just because she couldn't deal with her own trauma and her own grief or is as such as a parent right now. But I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that Sparky's days are not done. Although he did, <laughs> he did look like a, a beat up old dog in that in that show. Okay, and then they go back to the house, and Vision comes home, and he confronts Wanda. You know the the he, what does he say? He says, she says, yeah, Sparky died, and he said, we adopted a dog, and the dog died in the same day, and and Wanda says, yeah, you know things move fast in the suburbs. And he's like, I confronted Norm. I, I took off his suppression that you had control over him. And she's like, Vision, don't. And he's like, what's going on? You need to tell me. And she's like, don't do this. Let's just go. And he's like, go what? Go watch TV? We just going to pretend this is normal and go watch TV? And he says, you can't control me like you control them. And she says, oh, yeah? Can't I? And she starts to roll the credits over their conversation. Now, I, I love this. I love the Deadpool type fourth wall breaking meta humor that is in this show that is in shows and movies like like Deadpool. And I hope we see a lot more of it with the rest of this series and with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because that is exactly what differentiates this type of storytelling and this genre from a regular a regular type movie so they get into a fight they have what i am uh gently calling a hover off they both hover in the kitchen and wanda's like you got to trust me and vision says what is out there you know that i look outside there's no children in the park our children why are there no children here and she's like vision come on and they're floating there and he's like i she oh what did he, what did she say she said something uh, something before this. And he's like, I don't remember anything before this. I don't remember anything before Westview and I'm scared. It's scaring me. And so they have this conversation. They sit down on the couch and they're, they're kind of calming down. And he's like, it may have started subconsciously at, at first, but you need to stop this Wanda. This is wrong. And she's like, you're my husband. You gotta, you gotta stay here. That out there is nothing. You're the husband. You're the the father of uh, Billy and of Tommy. And she says, I don't control everything here. And he says, you know, I have a hard time believing that. Obviously, I'm a statistics based machine or (laughs) something like that. Um, And Wanda doesn't know how it started, how it all started. But she knows that she's there with her boyfriend. Well, husband in this particular slice of the universe. And then... She says she's not in control of all of it, but then the doorbell rings and she looks at Vision. She's like, like that. I didn't do that. And that's when he said, I I doubt it because what a convenient time to break up their argument, someone coming to visit. And Wanda goes to the door and who is it but Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. And so he... (laughs) Darcy sees him on the screen 
And she's like, whoa, they recast Pietro. And he comes in and it's like, oh, my gosh. And I don't think this can be understated. I have talked about this with friends. I have seen things online. I have watched videos on YouTube and on TikTok about how significant an event this is. Yes, if they just recast Pietro, that would be one thing. But they very specifically are putting in a Pietro or a Peter from another universe and from the X-Men universe. So this is this. I, I guess we'll talk about this in a moment. So he comes in and she's like, Pietro. And he's like, what are you going to do? You're going to give your give your brother a hug or whatever. And they hug and Vision and Wanda are just kind of starstruck. They don't know what's going on. And then Pietro says, and who's this popsicle? And he's got like this maybe weird New Jersey accent or something. And then that's where the episode ends. Oh, my gosh. What a great episode. This was amazing. And I'm I'm so excited to see what they have in store for us ne- next week. Now, there have been things uh, like Elizabeth Olsen on in interviews saying that there is coming a cameo that is of Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian level proportions. So I hope that is not Evan Peters Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. Although that is very cool. What I would love to see if we're doing this multiverse thing, I mean, just let's just crack it wide open. We need to get Magneto. And if I'm being greedy, which I am, we need to get Professor X, Charles Xavier, in as well. And, and that is the Fassbender Magneto and the McAvoy Charles Xavier. One thing I've also seen is, where's the Stan Lee cameo in this show? I know he has passed away probably long since before they began filming it. And so I only ask that to say that this is my proposal for cameos from here and into the future. Since this is a multiverse style episode, since this is Wanda's distortion of reality, this is a great place to introduce the idea that Deadpool, Wade Wilson, is also some kind of trans-dimensional being that can be anywhere and everywhere at any time. And then use Deadpool as a replacement for the Stan Lee cameo, and you have a Deadpool cameo in every single episode, or not every episode, but every series and every movie. And so that's the that's that's the that's the show. That's episode five of WandaVision on a very special episode. And so I have a couple predictions here that I've written down. Some of them are theory and conjecture that I've gotten off of the internet. Some of them are my own. I'm not going to tell you which is which because I don't want to be embarrassed okay maybe i will so i haven't seen this but i think it's pretty obvious that whether agnes is agatha harkness or not i think that she is helping wanda she does not appear to be under the same kind of mind control that the rest of the townsfolk are whether it's her breaking character or her showing the kind of unnatural sitcom sad energy when Sparky died. I think she is either someone that Wanda has spared for whatever reason, her powers, 
someone that sympathizes with Wanda, or this is my theory. Okay, this isn't on the internet. This is what I think. Sometime before the events of Westview, before the events of Wanda taking Vision's body from S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, she met up with this person, Agnes. And if it is Agatha Harkness, even better, this theory holds much more weight. Agnes then educated Wanda on the things that her powers could do. How she was not a, a simple telekinetic that could move objects with her mind and bend metal with just the power of her thoughts, but could distort reality. Could make things that are out of reach for people like you and me perfectly acceptable, normal, and obtainable things for her. She also tipped her off. This is my, my thought, that, that Agnes or Agatha tipped off Wanda and told her that she could bring back Vision. If only she could get the parts and pieces of Vision, bring them back, and that's what we are seeing here. So that's one of the theories. This one, this next one is from the internet. Uh, a lot of people are uh, saying that maybe all of the MCU thus far has been at least to some degree an illusion. And Wanda is just now coming out of that illusion. She is breaking that illusion. She's not creating illusion here, but she is breaking illusion. I don't know how much I buy into that, but it's an interesting thought and an interesting concept. Now, in the comics, specifically in the House of M run for Wanda, when she loses her sons, and so that may be an... That may be a kind of precursor for things to come, but she loses her sons. She reshapes the world in an idyllic framework. Uh, so is she going to do that in this series? Like a lot of people think that the rewrite of Westview is that adapt adaptation. Well, so what we're witnessing here is like a mini version of the house of M. But what if this is just the beginning? What if this is her discovering how to use her powers and then it breaks free of the hex or, or the hexagonal shape that Darcy has coined it and encompasses more of the earth or all of the earth or all of the universe. What if Wanda is just figuring out how to control her reality bending powers? I think that that could definitely be. That could definitely be. And, and maybe that is where we lead into Doctor Strange 2, the multiverse of madness. I think that would be a wonderful, I don't want to call it a filler movie, because I, I feel like all of these numbered movies are really good in their own right. But I feel like we're all building toward that, that Doctor Strange against uh, Mordo in Doctor Strange 3. And so Doctor Strange 2, the multiverse of madness, seems like a good place to put something like something like this. Now, I don't want to think of Wanda as the main villain of the show. Like I'm I'm getting more and more used to it like I said, but I would love to see a Mephisto or a Nightmare who's rumored to be the villain of Doctor Strange 2. I just I hope that they expand on this universe. In some way, I hope they, gosh, I, I hope 
they either expand the characters, the story, and they already have. They already have. I, I've got to stop being so dang pessimistic because it is becoming that thing that we want. We just have to stay faithful that they're going to be faithful to the comics and do justice to these characters. If not a one-to-one comparison, at least get that, that character feeling right. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So there's one more theory um, that I saw, uh, and this was that the Wanda footage from S.W.O.R.D. is faked or somehow manipulated. And so maybe Wanda didn't take Vision's body at all, but it was acquired in some other way. I don't know if this holds much weight, um, but S.W.O.R.D. did, if you look at the video footage that they showed to Monica and the team, S.W.O.R.D. did have Vision dismantled in, in the footage. So... Was Wanda not only retrieving her dead lover to reanimate, but she was also saving him from what he was against his wishes in his living will about being turned into a weapon of some kind? Was Sword trying to weaponize Vision? I think we may get the answer to that at some point. Here's hoping. This Hayward character and Maria's edict that Monica, when she returned, be grounded is leaving some big question marks up in the show right now. Uh, Some big questions that I still have at the end of the show. At the beginning of episode three, when Jimmy Woo met Monica, he was saying that he was on the hunt for a missing person, someone who's in the witness protection program. Who is this person? There are rumors online that he is Mephisto. Now, online, I saw a very funny meme. You know that meme with the guy who's looking up at the butterfly and he's like, is this blank and that's the meme format well it says marvel fans and then it says any new character uh uh, any new character in wandavision and that's on the butterfly and then above it it says uh, is this mephisto so a lot of people are really horny for mephisto right now and so we'll see if we get him i hope we do and i hope he lives up to the high expectations that everyone seems to have for him another question that i have that i want to see answered what happened to the beekeeper We saw that he went in, she rewound time. To our knowledge, he still has not come out. Monica came out, but is he still in there? Another question. Wanda rewound time with the beekeeper. She also rewound time at another point when talking to Vision, when he was starting to get suspicious. Does that rewind time all over? Or is time a separate entity in the hex? Is it, is it disparate from our world, from the main MCU world continuity? I don't know. We'll have to see. And finally, my last and most important question. When are we going to be getting Black Widow released onto Disney Plus, Disney? Come on, throw us a bone. Okay, that's it for my recap, my discussion, my spoilers, my theories about WandaVision episode number five. I think I still have to record a spoiler warning because I don't know if I included one at the beginning. I hope you enjoyed this new cut here on the Culture Jack Show. It's called On Today's Episode, or OTE, so look for it when when you're scrolling through our podcast menus to get those, I guess, real delicious. I promised in another episode that I'd never do that again. Stay tuned for our regular shows on Monday and Friday, and we will see you on the next episode.